Welcome back to Ball and Beats. It's Mendo I'm here with Roger. Yo. Today's going to be a cool one because what we're going to end up doing is we're going to give you our personal top 10 albums of all time. So we're going to count down from 10. We're going to go right up to one. We'll alternate back and forth. Um, Raj, I know you and I have some similar tastes, but I, I feel like this one's going to be... Uh, there's going to be some varying uh, interests in, in regards to what we've said with our top 10. Oh, definitely. So, uh, in our conversations yeah. over the years, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the way we're going to do it, it's going to be kind of rapid fire. We're not going to have any filler. There's not going to be any fluff, none of that stuff. We're going to do it just like this. Name of the album, what it means or what it meant to you, right? And then uh, that one track or two tracks, but typically just that one track that really did it for you. Yeah. All right. Down with it. And go. All right. Well, I'm going to start real quick, real yes, fast. I got I got some honorable mentions that hurt my heart not to include, but I ha- but I had to just mention them, right? I'm not going gotcha. to go too deep into it. Right on. Eminem Slim Shady LP. His second LP, but his first major hit, the one that Dr. Dre produced, right? Right. The first joint. I love that joint. I remember I was—I must have been—I want to say, tenth grade when that came when that came out. Crazy, loved it. Nas, it was written. His second album, the one that no one talks about. Bunch of classics on that one. Even though it may not have been like a top to bottom for everyone, but sure. I thought that its uh, its production, just actual production value, was as good or maybe better than even Illmatic. Third. Capone Noriega, War Report. Love that album. Doesn't get talked about very often. And I really, to me, their only good album. I wasn't a fan of their other work. Uh, Jay-Z, The Blueprint. Another one I love. Awesome album. Just narrowly missed my list. Narrowly. Take over. H to the Izzo. Dope, dope tracks. And last but not least, and I know this one would, it kind of hurt you. De La Soul, Stakes is High. I really wrestled with it, but it, I, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't knock couldn't off my number there. 10. Couldn't knock off number 10. Okay. Couldn't knock off number 10. So I just wanted to get those out of the way before we get to our top 10. To our top 10. Word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. I like that. So, um, Real quick side note, because um, this is going to be, you know, strictly, strictly beats, strictly, strictly hip hop on this one. Right. So uh, I had to let you guys know that um, the Twitch stream will be up at some point shortly. Um, My man Roger came out, came out the box, knocking me out, had me up by like a 30 piece chicken nugget dinner in the beginning. What can I say? I I fought and scrapped to come back and uh, end up losing that one by... uh, I don't know, like six or seven or something like that. Uh, so, it was, so it was Roger work, prevailed. It was, it was, it was Roger nice work. prevailed. Good performance. All right, that's enough. That's enough it was fantastic. <laughs> Roger prevailed in the battle. In the battle, right there. So yeah, we'll, you know. we'll have that up soon. We'll have that up soon. Yeah. So all right, now that this stuff we got that out the way because I know you was you was cheesing for a little bit. You was <laughs> even even trolling me at at some point during uh, during the matchup. So. I want to give you a just do because 
you got it. But appreciate it, appreciate it. Going back to the tape though, the last time I played 2K was 2K18, so it's all good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do a little work. It's all good. It's all good. I still love you though, bro. It's cool. You might do, of course, of course, of course. You know it. You know it. But let's let's get this top ten cracking. All right, so here's your six through ten. Yeah. For me, my number 10, and I know I'm going to piss some people off, but my number 10 is The Chronic, Dr. Dre. I like that. I like that. What's wrong with that? What's, why, yeah. why is that going to piss people off? Well, I mean, for some people, it might be too low. Oh, wow. Well, it might be well, too low. Hey, that's that's why it's that's why that's their list, and this is your list. So how about that? This is true. This is true. And then I, you know, like I said, a lot of little personal struggles to get this list together. But to me... The greatest intro, first track intro in hip hop history, uh, with using the uh, the funky yeah. worm, the Ohio players, yeah, funky boy. worm, bruh, that sample is just crazy, 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 crazy. It is kind of bananas. Hell yeah! yeah. And that intro going into the first track, fuck it with Dre Day, fuck with Dre yeah. Day. Yeah, yo. When Dre Day dropped, that was the first time anyone had heard of Snoop. True that. Crazy. Well, that was Snoop's introduction. Uh I think I think they did the deep cover joint. That that um Oh no, no, you're right, you're right. Deep you're cover right. joint first. They but, did do the deep cover joint. You're right, you're right on that. You're right on but that. But mainstream you're though, right you're right that. though. But mainstream, yeah. I mean that was an obscure movie though, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. But Fuck with Dre Day, crazy. Which to me, even though No Vaseline to me is the greatest uh, uh, diss track of all time, I think Fuck with Dre Day was the first commercial, commercial diss track. Diss track, right on. Right like on. the first, like legit nationwide, worldwide commercial diss track, right? And then on top of that, nothing but a G thing. <sighs> nothing, you know, nothing needs to be right, said about that classic. any further. Like. Isn't as that's, that's probably like a top five hip hop joint of all time, right. right? Like crazy, crazy, right? And then I think what what put it on another level that album was just Dre's use of sampling. Like it was like the first of its time because it was so different from what he did with NWA. Oh yeah, totally different. Yeah, just like totally different, and it was dope. Like just dope top to bottom. Like it's not nothing you can really say about that. I, I like I don't think you can really like make a if if that's not top fifteen at least, then I, I think we got some we got some issues. We got we gonna have some questions in regards to your uh your hip hop your hip hop acumen. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So number nine, I know you're gonna like this one. What you got? Or even though you might question which, but for me, number nine was Tribe Called Quest. Low end theory. Oh man, so that's funny you said. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's a good call. That's a good call. Because for yes. me, for me, that's in my uh, in my honorable mention. 
Right, right. Because to me, it seems like it's always between two of Tribe albums, right? right. That, that people are like, this was the best, or this was the best. So it's either Low End Theory or Midnight Marauders, and like you can go back and forth. And the concepts were similar, but they were very different in terms of the production, even though Tip did them both, right? Q-Tip did them both, but like they each had a distinct feel, right? They did. They were totally... But to me, only one of them had Busta Rhymes. I mean, oh wait, the Buster Rhymes was he on Mo, uh, Midnight he Marauders? He was on too? Midnight Marauders, but he didn't. Um, he was in. Uh, he did the hook. Is that, oh my god! Oh my god! No, he did the hook on. for Oh my god! Oh, that was Oh my god! Okay, okay, that was Midnight Marauders. Yeah. Cool, cool. But scenario, scenario. When when Buster came on the scene, right? Even though he had he had been around with um, damn, I can't even remember the group. But leaders of the new school. Um, Leaders of the new school, but like this was his coming out party when he was on scenario, it was just like oh, crazy, right? And then Q Tip's production in terms of the jazz concepts that he had in most yeah, of the tracks, yeah, crazy, crazy. And just the way that Q Tip and Fife like, like complimented each right. other in flow was just like so dope. All the tracks would. would like pretty much it's a front it to back it was a front to backer that's a that's a front that's a for sure front to backer hell yeah hell yeah so my number eight hold on real quick life. real quick real quick yeah go ahead let's let's just educate some people just to let them know when we say front to back back in the day you had you, you know for those of us old school heads right we had tapes right so you had yes. a side a side b or side one side two right so the front to backer concept meant you could just put it in on side a or side one and play it and then flip play. it on the other side and keep playing exactly ride it right through so you didn't have to search through for songs you didn't have to skip no, songs you weren't you, you weren't you weren't fast forward and you were just straight just riding out to it so that, those are the front to backers that you'll hear us mention from time to time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my number eight is Biggie's Life After Death, his second album. Now, this one has like some personal appeal to me. Um, it released two weeks after he died. And I remember the day he died and all it. Like I was I, like, I remember the like that day, how I felt like I had the newspaper clipping from the day after when they had put it, it actually made the front page of the Herald. Like, oh, it was no crazy. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. First page, they made the front page of the Boston Herald, everything. I was 15 years old and I almost felt like somebody in my family died. Like, I, I didn't even know I was that much of a of a Biggie fan. Even though I was a Biggie fan, but I didn't know I was that much of a Biggie right. fan until he died. And I was like, wow. Right? But it was a double album and it was as close to a front to back for a double album as you could have. So you had 20 plus tracks and just about every track was crazy. Yeah. Like all of them. There was, there, storytelling. There was a lot of everything. storytelling. Lot storytelling. Of story the lyrics were crazy. You, you know, he had the, the, the kick, like the, the just the wordplay and the lyrics, kick in the door, long kiss, goodnight. Notorious thugs when he rapped. With the uh, uh, with the uh, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and no one had ever heard him rapping yeah, double time. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was like, "Oh my god!" Like, amazing, just amazing. And unfortunately, years later, we found out. In I got a story to tell 
that he ended up smashing poor Anthony Mason's wife and putting him in the track and then pulling a gun on him after the fact. After he, Anthony Mason caught him in the house. If you haven't heard that, if you haven't heard this story, kids, go listen to that track. Biggie, I got a story to tell. Awesome storytelling ability. Especially, but, especially considering it was real life. Especially considering it was real life. <laughs> Shout out to Fat Joe who actually He dropped that. He dropped that. He dropped, he dropped us. He, he spilled sure the tea did. on that one, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. On Highly Questionable. Yes. yes. <laughs> on Highly Questionable on ESPN. Yes. Hell yeah. So so dope. Just a just a dope, dope track. Ten crack commandments. Uh, Felt like it was like a, a like a epilogue to like Scarface or something. Like crazy. Number seven. Wu-Tang Clan entered the 36 chambers. Now, for for those that might be of the younger crowd, if you didn't know about, like, when, when Wu-Tang, you may know about Wu-Tang, like, certain, you know, you know about Met the Man, and mm-hmm. probably mostly Met the Man, but, like, when Wu-Tang came out the first time they dropped, it was, like, an experience. Because we had never heard a sound like that. Right, Jay? No, we like, had it. We that had was it. its own th- like we were like, wow. The, like the, Ye- the the production, the the style of beats was, it was crazy. It was it was really an introduction, if you will, to to because if you think about it, right, before that, how many how many dudes that was really like how many how many dudes that were really doing something were talking about it? Right, right. You know what I mean? Because back then, back then you had you had guys that were involved in stuff, but they weren't really, you know. Or there was storytelling from other people's perspectives. People's perspectives, right? Of course. Yeah. So, so to hear Wu Tang and they were like, "No, we we really about this life, and this is really what was going down." Like, are you putting this on a record? So, oh, yeah. so we're not we're not we're not either storytelling or just partying anymore. Now, now this yeah. is like real, yeah. like this is some real. I'm on the. I'm in the projects at at, at, at you know eleven thirty five at night and do driving. Hell like, yeah. This is really what's to, Hell yeah. So it was all of that. It was Wu Tang for me. Yeah, that's like and, and, and like I said, like it was the first we'd heard of that production value. Like when we first heard it, right? I remember like when I first heard it and Protect Your Neck comes on and you got like the the old school kung fu movie clips. Yeah, boy. Yo, yo, it was crazy. Cause like when we were young, like kung fu, kung fu movies were like the, shit. the joint. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying the like the dubbed over. Yeah, you know man. I mean? Because <laughs> even yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure Saturday morning cartoons was over, and then um, remember Channel 56? It was yes. Either, I think it was channel. I think it was channel fifty six or it was thirty eight. One of the two, though. Yeah. They would one would have like the creature double feature, and then the other one would have would have the kung fu flicks. And, yes. And you could watch them joints from like one o'clock until like dinner yeah. dinner time. You know what I mean? Yes. And that was absolutely. And it wasn't. Yeah, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't all Bruce Lee. Like it was like them joints that. You never oh, it was like obscure. It was yeah. like it, uh, some of them. Like if you look, yes. watch them now, they're like home movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So, but they but they were dope. And then the sound effects from like the fighting and all, like they were just dope. And the the album itself is only twelve tracks, but eleven of them 
are certified classics. Like all twelve are dope, but eleven of them are like known Legit. classics Legit. to hip hop. Legit. Guys. Like, yeah, right. And the fact that you had a group of nine dudes, and everyone could spit. Every one of them. They they were and they were all completely different. <laughs> no two styles were the same. Nope. Or even close. Nope. <laughs> like crazy, crazy. And and the, the 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 and another cool thing was like every song felt like its own mini movie because the intro looked different the, the intro sounded different the topics were all different yeah. you had different members on each song so like none of the songs sounded similar like super dope super dope um number six piggybacking off of that Wu Tang thir- into the thirty six chambers to me. Raekwon only built for Cuban links, also known as the, the purple, purple tape. tape. Yep. And for kids that don't know, when we had cassettes back in the day, if you pre nineties, yeah, I mean if you if you're post nineties, the, the cassette tape was legit. It was purple. Yeah. It was like actually purple. Yeah. Whereas most of them were like gray or or white. Like his was the only one that was purple. It's like so just by the fact of having a purple tape and it being known as the purple the tape, purple tape yeah. automatically puts it in like hip hop lore. Right? It's true. It's <laughs> true, it's very true. <laughs> it's crazy. Yo. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it was the first it was the first of the um of the solo albums for the Wu Tang members. Yep. Uh, the first one. Well, was J- was Jizz's first? I think was Liquid actually, Swords first. So I think Meth went out first. Oh, Meth did I go out first. I think Meth went out first, then Jizza. Because they oh, kind of put them out rapid wait, fire too. Wait, they did. They did. They did. We might have to check that. But I think Meth. Yeah. I think Meth was first. But but yeah. in all reality, though, to your point, though, the purple tape was like, you know, Meth did his thing, and it's it's again, yeah. it's no it's no knock on him, but you know, old Dirty did his, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jizza and and Raekwon put out like front to backers. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like absolutely. you had a couple of joints on Old Dirties, you had a couple of joints on Mets, but 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 yeah. but those two, like the Purple yeah. Tape. Yeah, cut it absolutely. out, man. Cut it out. And, and, man. and RZA, RZA produced all the the Wu Tang um, solo albums too. Yes. So the fact that he did all that in this one might have been his greatest production of his career. I think it's his greatest production of his career. Like this particular album. And also, if you start, if you listen to Wu-Tang solo tapes, uh, solo albums, yep. they're not actual solo albums per se. They all sound like Wu out like Wu right. albums. It's just because it's just a feature. The, it's just yeah. featuring this, you know, starring, exactly because starring they they, Raekwon, they feed yeah. like every song features more Wu members, <laughs> right? But it's just starring Ray exactly starring exactly. Ghostface, you know, which is a dope, which is a dope concept. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you have these classic moments like Nas on verbal intercourse, classic, like Ugh. one of the greatest feature verses ever, right? Ever. Incarcerated Scarfaces, the storytelling in that, unbelievable, unbelievable, and one of the greatest intros 
fr- that they took from one of the um one, uh, that they took from a kung fu movie when they're talking about you know do you trust me and the guy's like you know i don't trust anybody in our profession anyway like it, just the way that it drops yeah was crazy just a crazy crazy intro Right. So, so and, and and again, that pains me that that has to come in at six. At but as six, I was going right. through it, I'm like, wow, the ones that are dropping, I'm like, oh, my goodness. But that album is crazy. And the fact that two Wu-Tang, basically Wu-Tang albums came in my top 10 shocked me. Right. When you, start break, when you start breaking down and realize, oh, shit, like they were that influential. Right. Like they made. This, Hell yeah. Yeah. So Wait, when you're talking about influence, like. Their influence was they like it was legit influence on the culture and music in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so with Cuban Links, just to just to because um, Cuban Links actually was in my honorable mention. But one thing that I wanted to say about this joint though was that um, Wu Gambinos is probably oh. is probably one of my favorite all time all-time Wu-Tang songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the beat's crazy. So it's funny because when you're young, great. right, you don't pay attention to certain things. And I didn't realize, like, when I was I was young, when I was first hearing this, and I did not pay attention that it was from, a, they were watching a movie. Like, the way yeah. I was listening to it, it yeah. was like Raekwon was talking to dude and everyone else was in the background. Like, yeah. they're at, like, this little, like... Like the way I pictured it, it's so visual to me. Mm-hmm. And it, nobody else is probably gonna ever see it like this, but the way I pictured it was they're in one of them little them little uh a little Italian restaurants. Right. You know, somewhere somewhere in New York, right? Somewhere in New York, and him and Raekwon are the dude are talking, but it's actually the dude talking in the movie. Yeah. But the way but the way <laughs> it just laid out, it, it visually to me, I'm sitting there thinking like yeah, okay, this is cool. Like they're they're like having a meeting. Like he's having a meeting with the with the yep. with the mafia dude with and they're other crime to, bosses. Know, get, yeah, yeah, man. So again, anyways, like that to me. Uh, yeah, and and then he had like a, as close to a like a a a, a female attraction, like a, you know a, like a song for the girls, if you will, right. with ice cream. Ice cream. Yep. <laughs> like yep. the and it's an all time beat. <laughs> like yo, so dope. Yeah, the concept yeah, was so is. dope. Oh man, just yeah, just just an, just an amazing, amazing album. Just an amazing album. True that. True that. All right. Incredible. So, so where you at, brother? Where, so, where you at? Where you at with your number ten? So before I hit my number ten, since you put an honorable mention, I'll put my honorable mention. Oh yeah, let's there. do that. Let's do that. I'm gonna I'm hit it. I'm gonna hit it real quick, right? We're gonna hit it and quit it, right? So here it is. Low end theory. No need to be even having any words about that slowing. Of theory. course, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, the main ingredient. Um, Very interesting. This, it was their third album. Yeah, and it was, in my opinion, their easily best, their, their best, their best album. And and and, and it wasn't because. Because I mean, they only had on that album. They only had "I'll Take You There." That was the only mm-hmm. one that was a that was a video. That's a commercial, yeah. But the production that Pete Rock put oh, together, yeah. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's Pete Rock. Um, then someone that's close to me, Slick Rick, the art of storytelling. Uh, yes, it was the it was his first. Well, actually, let me say this: it was the first joint out of once he was out of prison that he was able to have full. Um, creative control if you will because oh i didn't even know that yeah so he made so there was there was first it was the 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 storytelling the first one right 
The Great Adventures of yep. Rick, right? That was yep. the first one. Then he went to jail just shortly after that, but he was in the middle of 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 um, creating um, Slick Rick the Ruler's Back. So right. That was his second album. I actually really love that album too, but um, but that one was done like maybe three quarters of it was done before he went to prison, but he still had uh, not all. When he was in prison is when he recorded Behind Bars. Gotcha. That's the title. And because they wanted to, tr- Def Jam wanted to try to make him relevant, that's why they made the joint with um, Warren G, because Warren G at the yep, time yep. was popping. Yep, yep. So they were like, okay, Slick, we need to do something because we don't want you to lose any kind of tread with people, so we want people to still see you. So anyhow so but the the art of storytelling was a big one for me because it was the first one he did some joints with outcast mm-hmm. um he, he mm-hmm. they, it, it was at at a time where i was not a fan of having 15 cats on 16 tracks right but i but i understood for him he, there were people that he wanted to collaborate with so yeah yeah it. and it wasn't like you know outcast and it was just kind of grinding yeah. at the time when when he made a track with them so the art of storytelling for me is in my honorable mention um and the last the last two here mad villainy i mean i'm um, surprised i didn't make it top 10 uh so it was tough though it, it was it, it's tough because i hit i hit mf doom late yeah yeah right yeah. so i caught mf doom what maybe about really and really in reality i probably caught him around maybe around that time so I had already had okay. everything else before then that's already been established. So it was right. hard for it, but and then the other one is um ill communication by the Beastie Boys. So super Beastie, influential. Beastie Boys will always have a place in my heart because they they just they've done something for me. Uh I mean, and that was funny because that was actually ill communication was actually a green tape. Mm-hmm. Wasn't oh, a see- okay. It wasn't a see-through. It was actually a green tape, like like green. Oh, plastic. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to find a find a picture and, sh- and uh, I'll send it to you. But yeah, so um, those are my honorable mentions. But now, that being said, number, number 10, ten. Who we riding with? Number ten. The Fugees. The score. Great pick. So again, this was this was a this was a front to back for me. Right, you started it. And you let it ride. I never, all the way through. I, I, all the way through. All the way through. Storytelling was at its finest. Um, the three of them yes. did such a great job with 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 the wordplay and bouncing off each other, right? Yes. The, the, the Fuji's the score, I think single-handedly was probably, in my opinion, and I know it's number 10, but from a production standpoint, skit standpoint, like I don't know how this can't be in in a lot of top tens because of just the yes the quality and the effort yes. that was put forth in it. Yes. Um and I remember this this there was this uh you know you know when you you go you you young you know you go to hotel parties, motel parties, you know. And um I, I was at this party and it was just everyone was just drinking and you know bodies on the floor, everyone's like passing mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. uh I don't know. I guess the I guess the tape was on repeat all night. And um, the, I think the, the outro, the last song, came on as I woke up that next morning. It was uh, 
and it was funny because because Wyclef goes, I woke up this morning, I was feeling kind of high. It was me, Jesus Christ, and Elisa Asiyah. You know, he's just going <laughs> yeah. on, and it's like, yeah. damn, like I can relate to that because I just woke yeah. up and I'm feeling still kind of high right now. You know, so was, was was that the was that the one that came out with all the the um the remixes at the end on the B side? Uh, oh, you know how he? As I think there were two versions of it. There was one that had that was just like. All the core songs, yeah. and then I think there was like a second release, if you I'm not be, mistaken, that had right. the, that had you like might. three different um, that had like three different remixes to Fujila, right? Oh, so they yeah. had the one where they were singing it, they, they, they that they yeah. rapped it in French, they rapped yes. it, they, maybe they rapped it in, in Creole and Haitian Creole, yeah, like it was so dope, yeah. so dope. Yes, yes, such so. a dope album. Yes, great pick, great pick. I love I love them so they'll always be there. So number nine, um, so I, I I was a little bit lower than what you were with them, but this doesn't put them any less though. But I got Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah, um, it was really, um, really a true group, and I mean, of course, a group is two or more, right? Um, <laughs> nine, but, <laughs> but nine, nine, but nine, yeah, 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 nine members, yeah. Um, Although I did, I did say um, all of them could flow, but there's, there's, there's. Uh, no, I mean, there's a hierarchy. Yes, there's definitely a hierarchy. There's, there's, they could all uh, spit, but there's a hierarchy. But every every track was on. I mean, from chess boxing to, uh, I mean, yes. I don't know. Even the chess boxing part two, which I think is even better than chess boxing part, part one. Part one, right? Word, word, and um, the track. So. Again, that group concept just, you know, you know, they just brought that whole real just gritty hip hop to a yes. different place, right? And I agree. And it was they, you know, when they say Wu Tang is for the children, like it, you have to understand it to understand yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and um, but for me, my favorite track on this one was uh, "Can It Be So Simple." Oh yeah, talk about storytelling. Vivid storytelling. Vivid storytelling. I probably have that on about 18 different playlists and I guarantee you it plays on those playlists at least yeah. once or once or twice a week for me. Yeah. Yeah. So the- it was crazy too. Um if 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 you guys out there ever, ever watched the vi- the uh, the video for that song, right? The the kid that's one of the kids that's on the bus, that's in the scene, that's on the bus. On the bus. That kid got shot, I think, like a few months after that. After the after the video was yeah. After the, yeah. I forget what what uh inst- what um what documentary I was watching, but um actually I think it was the one about the the crack one. Oh really? Yeah, it was the crack okay. one, like hip hop and how you know crack, yeah, how crack pretty much kills. Was like how you know that crack kills. But it showed it was basically like the the drug epidemic and its influence mm-hmm. on hip hop music. And right. RZA was in that saying that that kid actually died shortly after they filmed that video. No shit. Yeah, man. And if, when you if you when you listen to the song, you can like the tone makes sense. Like you're like. Okay, I can even see that. Like even that narrative, as messed up as right. it is, fits into the song itself. Yeah, so crazy, so crazy. Great yeah. song choice. Absolutely. Yeah, that one just it'll always have a place for me. 
So now number eight, number eight, again, you know me, I, 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 I'm really consistent with when I say things, another front to back for me though. This wasn't a front to backer for everybody, but for me, uh, the roots, things fall apart. Oh, so think so. The roots to me, so I've seen the roots in concert probably mm-hmm. about four or five different times. Uh, I saw them, I saw the roots and far side together at the strand. Remember the strand in yeah, Providence? Yeah. I saw yeah. them, th- I saw them there. Um, they, I remember uh, they went to Wentworth, where I went to college at. They 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 performed at Wentworth. They performed, they performed there. Yeah, yeah. The Roots, the Roots did a lot of love, a lot of love in that New England yeah, area. Yeah, man. they really they, did. They, especially especially when they was especially when they was first starting, mm-hmm. because people only knew at the time. So this is going back, right? So they only knew um, proceed. Yep. You know, I shall yep. proceed. You know, so um, and even back then. They were so amazing, and Black Thought back then would do. Um, he would do his rendition of certain hip hop songs that were just like what meant something to him, and he right. mixed. They they did a whole little set where they mixed in that into their own their own um, their own songs. So it was pretty wild. So, but things fall apart for me. It was great because. Um, I mean, most and com- most deaf and common were on that album. Uh, oh wow, I didn't even know that. Yep, yep, yep. They were both in that. I mean, they did really. Uh, it just things fall apart. Also had um, Erica Badu on it. Yes, that was. Right. Um, oh, dude, I, I'm thinking of the song. Yep, got me waiting. Got me waiting. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so the things, so things fall apart for me. I could sit there and I remember I used to ride out to, um, ride out to Amherst from, from down, down in Bedrock. And, uh, and that was one of the, song, one of the tapes that would get me through an hour of that three and a right. half hour drive. Now, let so. me ask you a question, right? Because I'll be honest, I didn't get on the roots until later, probably like in the mid 2000s when I really okay, got, okay. when I really became, like I knew the songs, like especially the, the joint with Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty much my only experience exposure with them. Like, to them. Yeah, it was my only yeah. exposure to them, right? But um, was Black Thought, like, did you foresee that Black Thought was going to be considered one of the illest lyricists even then? Or was he just like a dope dude? That that you like saw like even build or just get more exposure to his spitting later on. So, did I think that he would ever put together a ten minute freestyle with no filler? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, pretty much. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, did I did I know that he was probably going to be heralded as you know in the, in the top ten? Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. Because the way his his ability to take you to a place, what was that joint? What was it like seventy something bars or something mm-hmm. like that? He, where he's just this nonstop for like I think it's like seventy five bars or something like that. Just nonstop. So, no so rep, you had no seen nothing. it before. Yeah, you saw it coming. Yeah. So you knew okay. that he had the ability. It's just a matter of were people going to jive with it? Because again. When the roots came up, it was kind of the end of, and I shouldn't say it from a from a morbid standpoint, but it was the it when the roots came up, it was the end of your golden era of hip hop. Right. 
right? Because your golden era of hip hop, your real wheelhouse of hip hop was 88 to like 94, 95. Right. Right. That was the golden era, right? And then from there, you had Diddy take his turn mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Down South boys do a little something, take their yep. turn there. And then you had that par- party rap a little bit in there, you know, mm-hmm, everywhere, mm-hmm. every now and again. So um, they were at the tail end of it. So now it's they're not making club joints. Yeah. So how are the, so how are they going to be heralded? Right. If, right. If they're had not, pre- if they're yeah, not, it was perceived if they're different. Staying in was, their lane. Yeah, it was just some totally different. They're, yeah, wanting to do right, so yeah. I didn't know if it was going to happen that way. So for that, for them to to be able to get to the point where they're the the house band on the the late night show, right. I mean that's come on, yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah. You know that's is is yeah. an incredible incredible feat for them. Yeah. So I think my first exposure to Black Thought was when he was on Rhapsody the Basement with Rozelle. Remember Rozelle? Oh, Rozelle. Yeah. yeah. Like, was yeah. it the what did they he call was, him? The human was, beatbox? No, not was it human beatbox or or human yeah. soundbox or something like that? Like he could just Something make like, that. like video game sounds with his mouth. Like it was crazy. So Rozelle, Rozelle. But so when you're talking about Rozelle, there he actually started with the Roots. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yep. 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 Oh, he wow. Broke off on his own, and then, um, but yeah, he started with the Roots. Dope. Makes yep, total yep, sense. Yep. Okay. Everything comes full circle. There it is. Okay, so I, so I like that pick, man. That's that's a good yeah. pick. That's a good pick. Um, and just real quick, double trouble. That was most most deaf and black thought. That was my joint. It was just, just they just Word. went back and forth with each other. It was Word. amazing. So coming in at seven, coming in at seven. Um, and they were in my honorable mention, but this one, this one right here is 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 big to me, and this is um. Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty. So Hello Nasty for me, and and again, I look at the Beastie Boys from a standpoint of trendsetters, right? But but they weren't culture vultures. They were part of the culture, right? Like they were in you know brothers in arms with everyone growing up with that whole thing, and right. to be able to do what they kept doing. And um, but the Hello Nasty album for me was just I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I probably listened to it so much that um, my busted Passat needed a new. Uh, <laughs> I needed a new tape because uh, my tape deck kind of kind of ate it up a little nice. bit. But, um, but they added live instruments to rap a little bit before the Roots did, right? Because um, Roots also. So this was like early '90s, right? Or was this late late '80s or early '90s? This Hello Nasty actually was uh, 96, 97. Really? Yeah, yeah. 96, 97. Oh, so that was um, like in the when Biggie and Pac and all them were like dominating. It was still. Wow. I didn't even know. Yep. I didn't even realize that. Yep. 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 And this one, this this one had. Um, so that remember. Um, so you probably heard Intergalactic. Yes. That was that album. Oh, OK. I, I, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I've never listened to this album. So again, you have to you have to because not everyone is down with that end of hip hop, right? So you have to listen to it with a different mindset mm-hmm. because it's not going to be a um, a typical front to backer because they they add in like in between different songs. All of a sudden, now they got an instrumental going in yep, yep. where they're where they're playing the instruments, 
Wow, it's that's like dope. A, it's like a little segue interlude, yeah. right? Because they even they even did one. Um, they even put an album out, maybe about shoot, it's probably about maybe ten years ago now. But they put an album out with just all their instrumentals. That's pretty like dope. Uh, like that yeah. they actually played. So like if they had a twenty track mm-hmm. album, if there were four instrumentals on there, they put them all on this one album together and just nice. let that all be together. So this is like the epitome but, um, of like concept album, and it's their concept. It's their concept. Right, okay. Right, right. Okay. So and they're always and they're always they're always you know the wordplay that they use, like I don't think that they get enough credit for. Right. Like no, nah, I mean they can spit. Beastie Boys could spit. Right, because you yeah. know people think, oh, you know, fight for your right to party. Like that was that you know early eighties. But when you listen to them as as they as they grew older, you know they had some they had some hella wordplay yeah. and and here's the thing they had hella wordplay and they maybe said fuck five times yeah no no they, they rarely sw- they rarely swore you know yeah, so they rarely again again from a creativity standpoint yeah. and it's not from not for anybody but when you can be able to clever throw shade as yeah. the kids say nowadays without having to use those fillers Absolutely. and those uh, you have you get Absolutely. my you get my credit. I, I mean, Beastie was, Boys were were really. I want to say Beastie Boys were really the pioneers of white dudes in the rap game that actually got like legitimate respect for their lyrical ability. For their lyrical ability. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they opened yep. the door pretty much for like third base. Third base. Yeah. You know, like those dudes. Like they're they. Like Beastie Boys wasn't just some like gimmick. Like they were legitimately yeah. respected by yeah. like the top dudes in the rap game. Right. Even even still to this day. Right. And you know what's kind of funny about that? You say that. I kind of think their first album, while it was as wild from a from just a goofy standpoint, right. when they made Paul's Boutique. Yeah, when they when they made when they made ill communication and there was actually like structure and there was yeah. actually like yeah wait these guys are actually putting out so I, I just I'm, Beast Boys always gonna have a place with me. Um, there's this one track on there if you ever if you ever get to hear it it's called Three um, MCs and One DJ. Yeah, uh, we we can get down with no delay. Mix master Mike, what you got to and like the DJ like it's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's hot. And, it's and hot. for younger cats back in the day, like the DJ was the was one. always mentioned and given the respect that they deserve for what they brought. Like the DJ was always considered the most important aspect of like the right. group. Whereas right, now it, dudes just buy beats from a bunch of dudes making making beats right right so you, there's like no dj usually tied to a guy like back in the day like you had eric eric being rocking like mm-hmm. with, with cypress hill um they had uh damn his name oh, well, i don't remember that dude's name too you're right it's, it's, it's bugging me right now um but you mugs, always had dj mugs always had so they had dj mugs right mugs you know and and and, and psycho less and guys like these like those were like legitimate like they, those were like the most important dudes in the game because without dope beats, your lyrical ability means nothing. So those guys got their shine, right? And Beastie Boys came with their own DJ, like a lot of groups did, and they always yep. made sure he they got it, like he got his shine. 
Yep, yep, yep. I mean, the DJ was the DJ was very pivotal back then, especially from um, before. You know, before we get into the you know the golden era, just before the golden era, if you didn't have your DJ, you wasn't really rocking that party. Facts, facts, right? Because because most of the time you had you had MCs, and what were they doing? It was either a block party or it was yep. a house party. Yep. And if it was it, one of those two, you needed a DJ. Yep. And sometimes, you know, you'd have a couple DJs there because yeah. dude was like, "Nah, this is my DJ. That's my yeah. DJ." You know, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you you look at like like groups in history, right? Like Eric, like a lot of people, a lot of people consider Rakim the greatest lyricist like ever, just in like pure lyricism. A lot of people consider yep. him right. His group was called Eric B and Rakim. It wasn't Rakim mm-hmm. and Eric B. The, the 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 DJ was first. They named yes. him first. Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Pete Rock yep. got first billing. Like the DJ was the guy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was. That's how it yeah. was. I think the only one. I think the only one that may not. And I can't remember off the top of my head. But I think Rock Bass put his name before the yeah. DJ though. Right? How long he lasts? You know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he had a dope track. <laughs> But he had he had two. But, uh, no, he did have two. He did have two. Joy and pain. Yep, yep, joy and pain. Yeah, I always forget joy and you pain. Know. But yeah, yeah so he yeah. had. Two. But yeah, no, that, yeah, that's that's a good that's that's a good that's a good pick right there. I like that. I actually have to go listen to that album because I, I, I even I don't give the Beastie Boys like the listens that that I should. Yeah, man, I'm telling yeah. you, I'll, I'll throw you some. I'll throw you some links after we appreciate get done. That, appreciate that. Right, who you got number see. six? So number six is number six for me is hard because I was battling back and forth and I was like, nah, dude should be a little bit more. He should be in my top five. He should be in my top five. And I'm like, oh, I can't because of that one. I can't because of that one. All right, right. So right. So number six, number six is L O Cool J. Mama said, knock you out. Very interesting. I like that. I so like L O Cool J for me is probably. In my top five favorite rappers of all time. Well, LL Cool J, when you really think about it, has a legitimate claim for greatest rapper of all time, and that includes oh, yeah. L- that includes Jay Z. Yes, yes. Like he yeah, can legitimately I I, make I a disagree. good case for him being the greatest hip hop artist ever. Ever. I mean, he only did it for yeah. like thirty years. <laughs> right. I mean, he was only rocking out with the Beastie Boys and and, and Run DMC back yeah, in the day, yeah. you know. Like, you know. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so this album for me was huge because I listened to everything from front to back on this one. Mm-hmm. Um I was um this is summer of 92 and um I went over to um did a student exchange program. So I was over in Russia for about seven weeks and I had this, this tape, this, this tape, I had this tape, I had red hot chili peppers, blood sugar, sex magic. And I had, um, uh, Fushnikens. Uh, those are, those are the three tapes that I had with me that I took, that I took over with me when I went to, when I went to Russia and, uh, and the LL Cool J, like I can still hear certain songs, and I'm like, oh man, I remember when I was doing this. Oh man, I remember when I was over here. So, um, 
just just an amazing this and 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 the thing is is that people always tried saying oh ll's not ll's not a hard dude you know yeah he was yeah he was <laughs> yeah, yeah he was. was yeah yeah he he he, he went you don't and think he's went at that him. go listen to he, like, go listen to breaking dawn then we'll talk yeah <laughs> i'm saying Take your rhymes around the corner to the rap rehab. Yeah. Keep on. <laughs> yes, you know. So he just, uh, he just. Um, I think he had. I think he had beef with. For sure, he had beef with Kumo yes. D in that on Ice that tea. album. Ice T. Yeah. And um, cannabis. Later I don't know. To do. So yeah. on that, but on that album though, for sure, I know he had beef with them too. And um, around the way, girl, you know. All time. I mean, who track. didn't? Who who back in the day? Didn't want to see a girl on the bus stop sucking on a lollipop. Once she gets pumping, it's hard yes. to make the hottie yes. stop. You know yes. what I mean? Like who didn't who yes. didn't want to meet that? Yes. You know, just in the summertime. It's just it's just that's like one of those. You know, people say this is winter winter albums or winter songs. Well, that's a summer song for me forever, forever. So, um, LL LL makes my um, rounds out my top. I'm six. not even hating on that pick. Not even hate on that pick. That was a dope album. That is a very underrated album. It really that one is, didn't even come he, to my mind when I was making my list. But that's a dope because he he brought the he brought the thunder with not only the booming system, yeah, yep. right. Cars ride by with the booming system. Yep. Come on, yep. man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Then he then he was smooth too with like six minutes of pleasure. Like he just he's just a well he just put yeah. a well rounded product together, and it was. I always have a place in my heart. Yeah, no, that's 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 good. That's 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 a that's a good pick. That's a good pick. All right, so 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 in a minute, recap your your six. Uh, my, your, my, your top my, six. Yeah. So so, so your bottom, bottom, yeah, bottom five. Bottom five. Six, so so for my for my ten to six, I went with Dr. Dre the Chronic number nine, Tribe Called Quest Low End Theory number eight, Biggie Life After Death number seven, Wu Tang Into the Thirty Six Chambers. Number six, Raekwon only built for Cuban links. Yep, yes, yep. sir. Yes, sir. All right. So then, uh, just to just to recap again, I went with the score at ten with the Fugees. I went Wu Tang at number nine with the Thirty Six Chambers. Uh, the Roots at number eight with Things Fall Apart. Beastie Boys at number seven with Hello Nasty, and then Hello Cool J. Mama said Knock You Out at six. Cool. All right, man. Now into the nitty gritty. Going Here we go now. Five. We're coming into the top five. Yeah. Let's bring right, it. Cool. All right, take a little quick break. Grab something to drink. So we just went and hit up that six through ten. So let's let's go with uh let's go to the top five. Let's hear it, brother. All right, number five. Fuji's the score. I had it a little higher than you for the same. All right. For the, for the essentially the same for the same reasons. But I'll add one thing on top of it that 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 you said um, is the fact that I don't care what anybody says. You can have your Nicki Minaj and flush it down the toilet. I don't care. You can have all these people you want. Lauren Hill is the greatest female spitter in hip hop history. And I will challenge anyone to say otherwise. First and foremost. 
Hey, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> first off, first off, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say one thing, because there's a category of females and hip of, of females for hip hop. Yes, I get it, but she's a straight spitter. Facts. Like, she like she's like in another level of just all time spitters. Yes, because. The stuff that she did, even on her Misadventure album, even though she did a little bit of singing there, but her ability, yeah. her wordplay, yeah. phenomenal. Miseducation, Miseducation she- is one of the greatest, like probably the top 20, 25 albums ever. Of regardless yeah, it's, it's great. of it's anybody great. in hip hop. Like she was she was that she was that dope. She was that dope. And then you got like classics, ready or not, no woman no cry, like Fuji La yeah, yeah. was crazy that video that video that video that video the whole concept was dope so there's no need to 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 rehash that too deep but like that it was a dope 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 album so number four jay-z reasonable doubt i figured you was gonna be up there because i know we had talked about a couple episodes ago we had talked about how you felt about reasonable doubt so i knew it was gonna be up there yeah i mean to me it's i mean there's 15 tracks on it to me Mm. 14 of them are all-time tracks like like all-time tracks like yeah yeah that's this is like one of the epitome of front to back brooklyn's finest with Biggie on it, just oh, man. filthy, filthy, right? Oh man, I was just listening. I'm just I'm hearing the lyrics yes. in my head right now yes. to that one. It's just, yes. a, it's just dope, dope, yeah. dope, right? And like it's and and why the reason why it really resonates with me is one of the first albums that I actually started paying attention to punchline. So I must have been like about 11, 12 years old. And like I really okay, started okay. paying attention to punchlines, and I was just like blown away at the way that he could like play with words. Put, put it together, yeah. yeah, man. Right. So, like, and I'm not even gonna pick one track off of that. It's like that's just that's not even doing it justice. Like, you know, like I said, Brooklyn's finest, but that's not even the best like song on the album. Like, there's so many dope songs, The Evils, like with the with the. The, the friend of foe like it's just so that's yep. not even counting dead presidents and songs like that like ain't no nigga with foxy brown like just dope dope album so number three another big for me ready to die oh damn yes yo ready to die for me is like one of those like generational albums like when i heard it i was like floored like I was floored. Like the way it's like almost every song was its own story. Like right out the gate, right out the gate, you get um, uh, uh, things done changed. Like right out the gate, where he's talking about. He was talking back then. This is like this is '93, and he's talking about uh, uh, how dudes got to play ball to get out the hood. He's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, how people are dying around him, him having to sell drugs, his mom with breast cancer. This is all in one track. Yeah. <laughs> like, he goes into so much turmoil. Like, right out the gate, first track. 
Then you got the club hits, you got Juicy, you got One More Chance, Big Papa, right? And if you want more storytelling, the war- warning, <laughs> right? Oh, man. Remember? <laughs> he's just like, yo, his boy comes up to him, he's like, yo, dudes is trying to kill you. He's like, why? He's like, yo, I heard dudes in the barbershop talking, blah, blah, blah. And like, yo, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The skits were crazy. Remember after the warning when yeah. the two dudes are like trying to sneak on his property? He's like, yo, you got a red dot on your head. You got to do that on your forehead crazy. too. Crazy. Just, just yeah, an yeah. insane, just an insane album. And then a very underrated track on that is Suicidal Thoughts. A lot of people don't realize this, but I don't ever remember a song before that. Right? And I've listened to a lot of I've listened to a lot of hip hop and I don't remember one song actually discussing in depth depression. Can you think of one? No, especially in the hip hop culture, because that's 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 typically it's it's frowned upon. It's considered weak. weakness. Right. Right. You don't you don't show you don't expose that you don't that your mental state is not 100 percent, you know, and that's a, that's that alone is 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 a, a detrimental yes. thing to, to to our society is the fact that we can't admit you know we we're afraid to because then it's it's considered weak you're considered weak they're just like yo man so, yeah. rub some dirt Especially on that shit back like, then like, what, 92 93 talking about like right this on, is 92 93 and he's talking about like everything his family pressure yep. you know baby mother pressure like everything like his girl going crazy on him, like all this, basically just, just basically saying, like I can't deal with this anymore. Like it's just a, it's just an incredible, it's a revolutionary track to me that doesn't get the publicity for what it was. Like most people just consider it's like, oh, it's just the last track on Ready to Die, it's cool, blah blah. blah. But like when you listen to, like if you really consider the significance of it, like the the the, the cultural societal significance of it. It's like yeah. it's oh, yeah. hella deep, right? So, yeah, it is. like that that album to me, like it it holds a lot of weight for me. Um, and then number two, Illmatic. Illmatic. Okay. Ten tracks. Ten ten tracks. Nine songs total. Eight of them wow. are certified classics. And certified classics, not just because of him. Like he was a he was a knock in the head when he first dropped, right? When you when we first heard Nas at Live in the Barbecue, first we were just like, who is this dude? Like he's 18 and saying the shit that he was saying, right? But when you drop this album, and and a common misnomer about his album when people say, oh, he has his first album, it's the first one with no features. It did have one feature. It was AZ. Yeah, Q-Tip. Well, no, it was AZ was the, was the first, was the feature on Life's a Bitch. That was yeah. on this one? Life's a Bitch and then you die. That's why we get high because you never know when we're going to go. Yeah. Yes. Shit. Yeah, yes. you're right. So it had the one feature, but, and that's a classic in and of itself, right? But New York, like, New York State of Mind, right? And then you had two, two legendary uh, uh, producers produce on this. 
right? So you had DJ Premier, and that was my introduction to DJ Premier. Yes. Oh, really? That was my introduction to DJ so you Premier. Never, you never like, peeped him before with like, Gangstar. I, I did, but I didn't really understand that it was him. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Like, I just saw a guru. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, it's like, yeah, I saw a guru. Yeah, like, yeah. Primo was there, but I just saw a guru. Like, I didn't, I wasn't old enough to appreciate it yet. But when Illmatic dropped, you started hearing these beats, like, you're like blown away. Like, a lot of people consider um, New York State of Mind as one of, if not the greatest hip hop beat ever. Like, a lot of New York dudes do, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, dude. that beat is iconic, right? So, Ugh. and then Large Professor, who a lot of people don't don't even know who he is, which baffles me. But like Large Professor is one of the handful of greatest producers ever. Large Professor doesn't get nearly the cred that he that he should, in my opinion, and I think it's just because he. So when you look at that album, right? Like let's take a let's take a step back and look at the album real quick. The sounds are very like it's a consistent production yeah. right hell yeah but it was but it was produced four different people produced yep. those tracks right so you had you had um premiere you you had large professor you had Pete Rock Pete Rock was on that too yeah and you had Q-Tip. Okay, so basically what you're saying is like four out of the top like seven producers in history. Yes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so that's probably why it's number, but, it's but, number but, two. But when, you, but when you look at it though, they went into it together. They had to have gone into it together with some kind of mindset because they flowed, so yeah, they, It flowed so, so perfect. So you didn't yeah. know that was a Pete Rock joint versus a Large Professor joint versus a Although you do know, yo, you're absolutely all right. One love was on that too. That was a tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, yeah, man. So, so again, yeah. so you had that. So I just think that I just think that Primo came, like not Primo, excuse me, Lodge Professor, um, was not a. His stuff was all behind the scenes. Like he wasn't really, he wasn't really at that status of premiere and. And Pete Rock, because I believe too, there's a, a little bit of an age difference between them. Because yep. I think Pete Rock's yep. got to be in his maybe mid fifties yeah. right now, so Premier's probably in yep. his mid fifties. But um, Lodge Professor's may, maybe mid forties. Maybe maybe he may be forty six, forty seven. Right. So you have so you had like a ten year gap potentially between them. So he's not at their level from a from a being established because at that point Gangstar had already right. been around for almost yeah, eight yeah. nine years Pete Rock had been doing his thing with CL Smooth for the last eight nine years and now Large Professor's coming on the scene so he kind of was just like in there doing his thing and then he started flourishing flourishing out shortly after that but yeah I don't think that I don't think he gets uh, nowhere near the the credit that that he he's due but I see that you know, like Mass Appeal did a did a little joint uh, r- a rhythm roulette with him right. not too long ago. So I see that there's a little bit yeah. of love. I just, but, but yeah, dude, I mean, Lodge, Lodge Professor, man, and I I think I'm almost positive he did something on Midnight Marauders. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Like the dudes that were like, d- like deep in the, like the 
great producers, like game recognized game, right? So Lost <laughs> game, game recognized game. game. Yes. So like Lost Professor in his circles, they know who he is. Like in the hip hop circles, of they course. know who Lars Professor is and where he stands. It's outside of the circle. Like, you know, some regular fans will know Primo. You know what I'm saying? They'll know Q-Tip, but they won't know Lars Professor. And they need to, because he's in that elite group. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. For sure he is. But like, I mean, that album in general, like, like I said, New York State of Mind, Life's a Bitch, The World Is Yours. Memory Lane. These are just like the all all time all time classics. Represent one time for your mind. One love. It ain't hard to tell, and it ain't hard to tell is like another one of those like iconic beats, like oh, yeah, iconic yeah. beats. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying like just and just the way it drops. It ain't hard to tell. I excel and prevail. Like yo, this is. So dope the way yeah. it drops, like beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that's I went that one with number two, and that one's pretty neatly solidified at number two for me. I like I like that. Nice. So who you going with nice. number five? I'll save my number one for the end. But who you going with number five? Okay, okay. All right, so five for me. Um, I deliberated a lot, but Jay Z the Blackout. Interesting. Um, partially there was a little bit of nostalgia there because I thought that was going to be his last right, album right. so that one that that one for me I kind of rode that one a lot a lot a lot um, I remember uh, uh, George George burned uh, burned it for me so I could so I could I could keep keep rocking Whoa. it you know um, back in the day but uh, but yeah but uh, the black album um I think I personally think because it's very descriptive and it's very this is my life I'm shutting it down I'm done mm-hmm. um, I just think that he put a lot into it where it wasn't any any kind of macho bravado there was no kind of um, you know there was no kind of yeah. extra punchlines yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and kicks and things. It was just strictly I mean, it was a dope just front to back bars out. and beats. Dope front to back. I mean, just a lot yeah. of dope, dope, yeah, dope, yeah. dope tracks. There's, there, wasn't, there wasn't one filler track on there. And um, public service announcement for me was hell was yeah, badass. Hell yeah. That, Yo, that quick, just... quick, quick little story on public service announcement. When I got married, uh-huh. that was the song yes. that introduced me and stuff. Nice. Yep. My dude. Yep. My dude. Yep. After we got married, That's that funny. was the song. As we yep, My yep, dude. yep. As we walked as we walked it in as husband and wife, that was the track that played. Yes. Nice. Coming in coming in and <laughs> yeah, yo, and then, yo, that that song, that's another one. That was song will forever be a classic. Like you can play that song 30 years from now and they'll know what that is. Still, yeah, just you hear the beginning of it and you'll know what it is. Yep, yep, go. So, number four, I took I took an honorable mention of yours, and uh, and this is uh, De La Soul Stakes is High, yeah. So, De La Soul for me is probably you know one of the best, greatest groups, in my opinion. They're still doing it. Um, a lot of people 
excuse me, not a lot of people. There are a lot of people that are just, you know, um, passers by into the hip hop, you know, community. You know, they 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 stop in and oh, this is kind of cool. Oh, this mm-hmm. song's kind of cool. That album's kind of cool. And then they just move on and they go. They don't to give it a else full listen. Then, or or they or they come back at a later date. Yeah. But all they remember is oh yeah, they did me Man. myself and I. I'm guilty yeah, of that. Myself. I'm not gonna front. So, I was guilty of that. So, De La Soul after me myself and I, you know, they made two yep. more albums and the album before this one actually was kind of funny because um people thought it was a comeback album right because they were like oh that 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 balloon mind state that was that was trash mm-hmm. you know they had that one good joint on there right. uh, break of dawn and uh maybe that ego tripping one that they were dissing right. tupac it was all right but but they that that album was was trash and what they don't realize is Tommy Boy was taking the taking him to the screws, taking the screws to him. Right, right. So they were trying to tell him to go in one in this direction, and they didn't want to. So basically, they said, "You know what? We're just gonna put this out there." And they made that album. So, anyways, that's that's the the lead up to that is because people thought that this was like a comeback album, but they had already been doing their thing. You know, they they were already solid. You know, um, so in the, in in a in a community standpoint, it was kind of a comeback because it was like, oh shit, you know, they out here three years later dropped this freaking yeah. hammer on people, you know. Um, but they was they, they they put together just a phenomenal from front to back. Um, this was another one where um, this was actually your first introduction, I believe, from a, mm-hmm. on a major label of most. Def. Oh, okay. Common was on this album too. This yep. is one of his earlier, yep. earlier introductions, yep. um, and um, so that one just was just a, a bananas album for me. I love it's so easy. Yep. It just it was just so hard and and it, you know it, it had all the you know the, yep. the native yep. tongue yep. folks in there. Yo, so. what dope thing? What funny uh, thing is say not dope. I mean, it is a dope album. That's why I had it in my honorable mentions, but. I only discovered that this album existed maybe like six, seven months ago. No bullshit. I, I was actually listening to a uh, Bomani Jones podcast. Shame. And he remember he was talking about hip hop and he was talking about this specific album. He was like, yo, De La Soul, Stakes is High, it's one of the dopest albums. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I never even heard that joint. Yep. I don't think I've ever heard that joint. Yep. I, went, I went home. So... Found actually had it on my um, had it on my server. Didn't know that it was even there. Oh, okay. Never even came across it. Yo, I listened. I was like, Oh damn! Yo, this album is so it's cold. Great. Yeah, man. So Pony cold. Ride, uh, and I the mean, track this, "Stakes Is High" is cold. Yes. So cold. Yes, yeah. Gun control means using both hands Yo. in my land. So cold. Con- yes. Yes. So funny, funny little story about this one, because this is De La Soul. So they're going to get a little extra from me. Um, so 96, I was rocking this. Uh, I was whipping this uh, this 92 Jetta. Nice. OK, so, you know, you know, you always got one of them dudes in the hood that's like, hey, yeah, I can put of a new course. radio in your car. I can do this. I can you, yep. you always know. Right. So. I go, I go find this Alpine, right? Because that's back in the you day. Had, you, yeah. you wanted an Alpine in your car, right? You had of to have course. be rocking the Alpine, you know. 
Anyway, somehow the Alpine didn't work out. So I put this little this little mini boom box in the back of my car. In, in the back seat in the back seat of my car. Bumping this. And uh and De La Soul came out. I mean this was like it was I think it was sometime just just the summer just was just starting. So maybe around June, July, somewhere around there it came out. And I had that in the back and I remember coming to stoplights, reaching in the back, flip it over, put it in, kept riding. So uh dope. Dope. I was uh I, and and I didn't and it's funny too because back home you only get to roll around with your windows down, your sunroof yeah. open from you know, from, 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 yeah. you know May to May, yeah. May to September, yeah. you know. So, yeah. and from yeah. June to once October September, come around, nobody care. There ain't nobody outside. <laughs> yeah, yep. ain't nobody outside. And so it's funny because um, I ended up uh, getting my radio fixed in November. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. So I never yeah. even got a chance to it's bump it when it was bumping. It's all good, but yeah, dope, dope album. But yeah, so De La Soul, De La Soul gets that one. So now. Number three, and I, I really could have interchanged three or four. It wouldn't have mattered. They're both at the same place in my, for me, um, Tupac, Me Against the World. That's a dope album. That was a dope album. So, so for me, for me, this is Tupac's greatest album. And this is the reason why this is Tupac's greatest album, because it was his realest album. I felt that with the 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 joint after the, the one, um, the double one. What was the double joint? What was that uh, one? You know the one that yes. came after, um, the one just before he died. Uh, all I was that with California all Love and yeah. All Eyes on Me. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Hit a brain fart at two eighteen. But yeah, so this one was real, just Tupac. There was no, there was no. How do you say it? Like he didn't have anything. He didn't have any filler that he was. No. Or he, didn't, he didn't have anything that he was trying to pass off on somebody. Or he wasn't trying to like. I'm trying to be about this life. It was straight. Yeah. Tupac. I mean, this had dear mama. Right. On. You just shut it down right there. Yeah. Me against the world, dear mama. Yeah. Uh, temptations. Yeah. I remember. I remember. Temptations had Coolio in the video, and they had to have a fake. Uh, a fake uh, Tupac, because because uh, at that point he had passed, he had, yeah. he had been shot and killed, and yeah. and uh, they had to put somebody else in there because they had already done the stuff for the video. So he was just, it was that album to me was great because it was ninety four, ninety five, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. So I'm just finishing high school, and and I was relating to him because the lyrics that he was putting out there. It wasn't all repeat lyrics. Like you notice how, like, all eyes on me, um, and uh, and then all those Machiavelli and all those other ones that they came up afterwards. After that, they were yeah, all they had, like, like similar they, concepts. It was all the same yeah, rehashing, and, and, but this, but this one was distinct from Apocalypse yeah. Now, and it was it was just yeah. its own its own body of work, and it was a solid quality body of work. So that one to me is phenomenal cool so cool pock gets number three for me so now number two number two number two number two number two is gonna be equimini outcast so outcast for me is another great 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 um group 
I love the back and forth, the contrasting styles between Big Boy and, and Andre 3000. Um, this one was another, it's a visual album. Like you can, the lyrics that they're, that they're yeah. spitting, you can actually close your eyes and envision what's going on. I mean, on. they're another one that had like almost stories in every song. Like every song was yeah. like an individual yeah. story. It didn't even have to tie into the next yeah. track or whatever, but it was like, yes, it was like a, you just got like a bunch of like mini stories with every track. Yes. So it was this this one yes and it, this is my this was actually this is actually my true first introduction to Outcast um, because I had heard um, the, the 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 first one there Southern Southern Plastic yeah. and then I heard Atlians like briefly like I heard throw your hands in the air and i remember i remember especially being a kid from up north i was like this this is so corny right right like who wants i'll be honest i wasn't a huge fan of this man like it it took it like they grew on me as time went by and like i appreciate but i I was never like a really big outcast fan like 3k fan yes right but like outcast like their their stuff it it was just it just didn't vibe with me like like it i found it a little too out there for me i didn't appreciate it really until i was an adult Right, and that's and that's how that's how yeah. things happen too, right? Because for me, like I said, they they had two albums, and it wasn't until I heard Rosa Parks, yeah. And I used to work at I used to work at this store that'll remain nameless because uh, was remain nameless, but they used to have TVs and speakers in there, so we would be playing these different videos. They'd give us videos mm-hmm. the the corporate would, and I heard this song, and I'm like. Damn, this is freaking banging! Like, so wow. So then I, I'm, no. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a clothing oh, store. It was a clothing store. Okay. Yeah, but um, but um, they're out of business now, so don't worry about it. Violins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> you're so silly. Do you think Violins is gonna be playing? Gonna be playing Outcast? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you had the con, <laughs> you might. If I had, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, Both so outcast. I end up going. <laughs> <laughs> outcast end up coming. I end up going back and then really appreciate and you know. But equipment eye for me was like my introduction to them, and then I went back and Atlians right. was phenomenals, and then you know Southern Playlistic, you know, was ah uh, was bananas to me as well. And, I've always been an Outcast fan since, and um, you talk about weddings. My boy got married. Um, my boy got married in two thousand and two thousand and two, uh, and I ended up uh, I ended up rapping. Uh, um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the name of it, man. It was off. It was off. Um, oh, okay. so fresh and so yep, clean. Yep. so so they came out and then he was like he was like all right yeah yeah so we're at the little little hall thing going down and he was like yo 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 spit that spit that and i'm like all right (laughs) did it it's just silliness right he's like come on but um but yeah outcast for me is always gonna be great so um spody odie dopalicious angel from me um if anyone hasn't heard it you need to because it's like seven minutes of just pure just musicality pure outcast right? that's the thing that, that is, yeah. 
Yeah, see, and, I, and and that's the thing that people didn't get because back then we we came, especially us, Raj, right? We came from an era where it was strict yeah. um, beats, yeah, yeah, and bars, right? Bars, yeah. b- bars and beats, not balls and beats. This is where it came from. Yeah. This is it was bars and beats, right? Then you had groups like Outkast. It's all of a sudden like stretching the norms of it, and it's like, hey, wait. They're yeah. trying to make this an experience, yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be right. just strictly right. rap. Just strictly, it, it, they're going to bring other elements of the Absolutely. art to it, and that's why that's why I like Outcast so much. So Outcast for me um, sits there, and it's funny because Spody Odie Dopalicious Angel is a rider, right? And when I say a rider, I mean that's just like you put it in, and then you just got you, you drive yeah. it. And I used to, I used to do that. When I was when I was back home, bro, there were times where I couldn't even um, right couldn't sleep at night. You know, I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, get 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 in the car, go take a drive, and I'll be listening to Outkast or listen to there's a couple other ones I'd be listening to just riding out, and then okay, let me go to bed now. You know, so but yeah, that was that was it. So. Let's just let's just quickly. All quickly right, so recap. I'll, I'll recap. I'll recap this. Five. This, my, my, my top ten, and, and then we'll go right into number one. So 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 for me, number ten, Doctor Dre, The Chronic. Number nine, Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. Eight, Biggie, Life After Death. Seven, Wu Tang, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. Six, Raekwon, Only Built for Cuban Links. AKA the purple tape. Number five, Fuji's score. Four, Jay-Z Reasonable Doubt. Three, Biggie Ready to Die. Two, Nas Illmatic. And the number one greatest album in hip hop history. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Doggy style. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people are like, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. If you haven't heard it, this is your homework. Go listen to this joint. Go listen. This is 20 some odd tracks of hip hop perfection. I think close to half this album was made into legitimate singles. Like legitimate singles. Lottie Dottie, Gin and Juice, Doggy Dog World, Ain't No Fun, <laughs> Jesus Hustler. Oh, like, dude, no what? can't have none. Like, murder was the yeah. case. Like, dude, who am I? Like, these are all like top club hits from one album. Like from one album, dude. This 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 album is so cold, so front to back, and and classic skits throughout the album. Classic skits throughout the album, right? Like with D D. You welcome back to the Jack Off Hour with DJ Easy Day. Like, dude. <laughs> the, the, like, yo, yeah. and it's so. It ain't dude. No fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, the skits fit Snoop. They, like, the way he rapped was the tone of the skits. Dude, and you want storytelling? Like, his his rendition of, of uh, 
of uh, 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 Lottie Dottie is yeah. like out of this world. Talk about visual. I mean, the fact that he was able to take a classic and make it a more like an even better classic. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like yeah, unreal, yeah, for sure. Unreal. And like when Jen and Juice dropped, it was like, and 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 this was, um, like Dr. Dre at his like peak to me. Yes, pump pump, pump, pump was, was on, on that, that one yes. too, right? Pump yes. pump 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 pump. Yes. Yeah, boy. Yes. G's yes. up, hose down. All of that was Come on, on man. front to back. Front to back. Listen, listen. I know he's never going to listen to this, but um, Snoop, I apologize for it not being at least yes. in my honorable mention, this. let alone my top ten, because I forgot how effing good this album was. Like I'm, like I'm, li- I'm literally going through the tracks in my head right now, and I'm like, damn, where none, was there a fall off? None, none. This right here is the holy grail. Wow. Is the holy grail of Hip hop, like albumage, like you, you, nothing, nothing. The shiznit, like wow. dude, everything was crazy. Oh, the shiznit, yes, yes, like all the yo, the sampling was amazing on this. Serial killer, serial killer, like dude, everything was so cold. Remember the classroom? Remember the classroom skit? He's like, what do you want to be? And I go, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a police officer. Yeah. Like, what do you want to be? I want to be a motherfucking hustler. Like, yo, dude, it's so cold, dude. Hustler. So yeah. cold. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. That's a you good one. Saying? That's a real classic. Classics, classics. And it was what shows you that Snoop is a lyrical genius. Lyrical genius. Because he, yeah. he had the wordplay, yeah. he had the punchlines, and he had all of that stuff. But his voice was so smooth, he did it in a way that only he could pull off. No one can rhyme the way he rhymes. Like, cause cause no one's born with that voice and that cadence. Yep. To spit dope lyrics in that cadence. Like, so yeah. So Snoop right. to me, doggy style, holy grail of hip hop albums. And it like there's wow. no one that can convince me otherwise. That's what you call legitimate wow. front wow. to back. Nineteen tracks. I wow. said twenty. Nineteen Man. tracks. Nineteen total tracks, including skits, and that's front to back. Wow. He basically put a, a, an audio book. <laughs> <laughs> put an audio book. Yeah, he did, boy. Put, yes. Oh yes. man. Yes. Wow, Raj. All right. Yes. Ah, that's good shit, bro. That's good shit. All right. So, go. Let's, I'll, I'll go ten. I'll go ten down down the line too. So, ten. Fuji's a score. Nine. Wu Tang. Thirty six chambers. Eight. Roots. Things fall apart. Seven. Beastie Boys. Hello Nasty. Six. Hello Cool J. Mama said, "Knock you out." Five. Because I just had a brain fart. Fuji's no. Black album. Five, Jay Z, the Black Album. Number four, De La Soul, Stakes is High. Three, Tupac, Me Against the World. Two, Outcast, Equipment. Number one. And number one, number one, number one, number one. 
A tribe called Quest, Midnight Marauders. This is what I see. This is what I was talking about when I when I had my number nine. And I was talking about yeah. low and thick. Yeah, so it's, it's one it's or the either, other, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. So this was actually my first CD, like my first physical uh, CD I ever had. Um, back back in the day, back in the day, if you didn't, um, <laughs> so funny. Back in the day, they used to have these like these like music clubs. So you, you could you could pay, I don't know. They tell you like you can pick out twelve CDs for a penny, and then you gotta buy like five more over the next right. like year or something like that at regular price. Some BS like that. So I ended up getting this, and um, it's a classic, straight, straight classic. Like we said, this has been our theme the whole night. It's been a classic front to back, right? From the intro, and little do people know. The, the 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 intro or the or the woman that was uh doing the interludes in Midnight Marauders um was actually um remember remember yeah. the movie Jurassic Park? You know Laura Dern, Stop, the blonde seriously. lady? Yep, she's the one that did all the in all those all those all those vo- all those vocals. Wow. I did yeah. not know that. Y- yes. Okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was in high school and this one got me through a lot of just different times, right? Just different situations. But again, Steve Biko, Stir It Up, a war tour. The crazy thing is the only commercial song from this album was World Tour, wasn't it? Yeah. No, electric relaxation. Yeah, 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 oh no, you're right, you're right. Electric relaxation. Which is, which is, which is, which is, which is truly, which, which, which is truly, it's arguably one of the greatest like ode to a yes. ode to a lady hip hop yes. songs out there. That's just like strictly just like if I'm singing this to you, like yeah. we yeah. we we at some place. You know what I mean? You and I are at some place in life. If if I'm if which I'm throwing crazy, this because like half this you know? half this album so, could could have been legitimate like platinum selling singles of course of course i mean with oh Busta. my god with uh with um yeah with Busta. yeah right i mean even there's even one joint on here that is probably my favorite on the entire album it's called midnight and basically it basically it's tip telling a story about how he's hanging out with his peoples one night and you know it's after midnight and shit's going down, right? So it's just it's it's a it's yeah. a very visual, hell yeah, um, very very visual track. And um, Midnight Marauders will go down in history as the perfect blend of storytelling from a standpoint of right. this is our life. Right. I'm telling you about this. But but you don't have to be in to some to shit it, yeah. to be able yeah. to relate to it. Uh, hell yeah, hell you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you like you could be yeah. just that kid and just be like, oh wow, I can I I, I get it. You know what I mean? So um, Midnight Marauders is a great album. Uh, I never I don't think I ever skipped a song on, on yeah, this no, once. This is a dope album. Um, in 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 the almost twenty plus years of it being in existence, over twenty years. Shoot, what am I talking about? So um, yeah, Midnight Marauders for me. Um, Midnight, yeah. check it out. My opinion, it's a great song. Great Yo, song. See, so and this, um, the, the, and this is how you see how cold Tribe Called Quest really was, right? So so like yeah yeah. I thought I think 
Low End Theory is the best, their best album. You think Midnight Marauders is obviously their best album and the best album of all time. I was recently reading an article um, uh, and Scarface said, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm is the greatest album of all time. Yes, Scarface. Really, said Scarface said that, huh? Right, and and I think um, uh, my boy Chris, who we have to have on the podcast at some point, because he's he's just a wealth of hip hop knowledge as well. Um, yes, my what man up, Chris. Chris. Um, shout out to Detroit because he is all about his Detroit. Even though he grew up in South Car- in uh, North Carolina, he's all about his Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's all. Okay. He also, I believe, when we spoke recently, said that um, he thought that People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of, of Rhythm was their best album. And it's funny. It's funny because um, my buddy John, um, he and I talk about two things. Like we're they're interchangeable. Like Tribe Called Quest and the Beastie Boys like we both hold them in the same mm-hmm. in the same area right? in the same regard with each other right and um, he he texted me because he just moved down he just moved down south uh, so he's missing home a little bit so we're not we're like about an hour and a half away from each other so he we'd be randomly texting each other just different lyrics yep. from either of those groups and then and then like the other person will follow up with what that lyric was you know what I mean and and then uh he, he he sent me one out of the blue one day. It was I think it was I I think it was about the booty. It was this because that was on the uh, what do pirates search for but uh, but never but never get and it's the booty and that was on the that was on yeah. um, the love movement and yeah. I'll t- I'll tell you like this even though this is way off track oh, love the love movement too. yeah and that one was crazy because Tip's house burned oh, wow. down I didn't even know that so Tip didn't have. All the stuff that he had from a production standpoint all went up wow. in, in smoke. So so that he did that and that was a tough one too, because he did that one and Fife was in Atlanta at the time. And even in the um Beats Rhymes in Life, Fife had just moved to Atlanta. So there was a little bit of a distance between them already. Like there was already that yep. that separation, if you will, because Fife was just doing it because tip was his boy like tip wanted to do it because it was like like they had these different goals behind it right so so um but both of those too i i know people that love beats rhymes in life and say that that's like one of the best albums ever but that's how cold it is you know so it's just crazy that you can legitimately take three or four that's how cold they were and something like they can all four can be in different people's top 10 albums of all time and yeah, how crazy is that? That just goes. That just, just your point. Just insane yep. how, how how crazy their production wow. was, and that was mostly pretty much exclusively Q Tip. That's pretty much exclusively right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It really was absolutely. So so, I, I'm 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 not really. No, I can't really I can't, argue yeah, with anything no. you put out there because, and we had, and it's funny. It's funny though because. So, you know, we've been friends now for shit. Um, mm-hmm. 
a hot minute now, a hot minute. Right. But we didn't grow up together. And it's and it's funny to see the overlap of certain yeah. things that I, I that would definitely definitely weren't from our friendship. It was before that you see that there's that that commonality, yep. you know, between yep. Wu Tang and the Fujis and so that's that I, I found that was I found that was interesting when you put these 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 pieces together. It's and and to also see, the like, contrast oh, yeah, of styles within the list itself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean I I mean you go from you go from the Beastie <laughs> right. Boys to Snoop. <laughs> Crazy. I'm talking you about know, even in our know, individual so, list. So it's it, you know what I'm saying? Like you go from Snoop oh, shit, true, that true. style to Wu yeah, Tang. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. To, to try and, it's, and, to and especially like, especially back in the day yeah and especially back in the day because i mean and dude think about the heyday like most of these even came though even like a five to six year period mm-hmm. think about the wealth of hip-hop yeah. that we got from say like 91 to 96 oh my god well look at that look at that yeah yeah, because Tribe Called Quest, uh, so Low End Theory, 91. Yeah. Right? Chronic was 92. Uh, Wu Tang was what? 92, 90, 93. Ready to Die okay. was also 93. Um, Ready to Ill Die Manic was, 90. was also 93. Um, midnight. It was a 94. Illmatic yeah, might have been with, 94. Within the yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. And then whatchamacallit, though, um, tr- uh, yeah. Midnight Marauders was 93. Uh, Fuji's score was ninety six, right? So there's that. It's just uh, reasonable yeah. doubt ninety six. Right, it's crazy. It's crazy when you look at that. After banger, if in like a five yeah. year period, like that. That's like that five year period that's is a... like the 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 golden My... age of hip hop. I told you. Yeah. I told you. Eighty eight to ninety five yeah. was the golden era of hip hop. And then you started having yeah, some things yeah, weighing off. You rarely off. got like a full project, right? Well, and, and partially because now you had this whole new thing. It was kind of like, you know, how we kind of clown about in basketball about how yeah. everyone's trying to be friends when you play in basketball. There's no enemies, right? Well, you had this point in time where everyone wanted yeah. to collaborate with everybody else. So now you had all these different features on every time you turn around. So you didn't, you didn't really get a. a you didn't get an album of that person anymore because it was always it was always the uh yeah collaboration yeah. with somebody that's, else that's, you know? that's 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 dope man but that's dope but this is this is this is fun i like this i like this i like this this was nice so um this is gonna be you know uh we're gonna wrap this one I up like this unless you nah, got anything man, else you want to throw out there wow if you let me keep going man Shoot, you know that's right. I, th- I think I, know, I think seriously. we went on for two hours as it is. We might we, th- this nah, might this I'm might have to be have to put chopped this up. One out couple, I mean, I don't. I know. No, this is this is gonna be like a double album. We're not oh. gonna split it. We're not gonna double album. Yeah, this is like life after death. You can't split it. You guys got to put it out as is. The, the oh, producer crying, in the background crying, crying, crying right crying. now. He's like, this is gonna be gold, guys, though, George. Trust me. Talking. <laughs> This is it. So, uh, thanks everybody you. for listening. We really appreciate you. Yes, we're gonna get you, uh, get you out there. Get another one. Remember, remember, um, we're at Ball and Beats at B A L L A N D B E A T S. That's our Twitter handle. Reach us out there, um, and our email is Ball and Beats B A L L 
N-B-E-A-T-S at gmail.com. Send us yeah, an email man, let there. Let us know, we'll if, you got any other, know um, if you got any other ideas for topics. Yeah. You know, I think we're gonna put, we're gonna start putting some it. polls up too soon. Um, but putting some polls up to see what we can get get some uh, dangle the carrot out there. See if we can get some folks to tell us what we want. But um, it's been fun, Raj. No, till the next pleasure time, as always, brother. brother. All right, peace, peace, love, and chicken grease. We out.